Hey, I'm at Bohemian Nights at New West Fest in Fort Collins, and I thought that this would be a really good place to talk to people about FM radio and the relevancy of that format, especially because there are so many local bands here that you're probably never going to hear on FM radio and don't get the representation that they probably should. So what better place to talk to people about that? So let's see what people have to say. I'm sick of the radio because they're still playing the songs I used to listen to in the 80s. I don't even listen to FM radio anymore. It's all pretty much streaming. I'm sick of hearing the same old bands, the same old songs by the bands. You know, there's a lot of good songs. They just don't play on the radio. And then the ones they do play are so overplayed. Like, I hear Metallica. I love Metallica. They're one of my favorite bands. I would like to hear more than just the Unforgiven. Well, your your shirt says, ask me about local music, though. It does. I don't listen to the radio that much anymore. Mainly like Spotify and like the music apps. I don't even know why. Why what? Why you, you would listen to it? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I could listen to that music without ads, I guess. I mean, I think FM radio is trying to find its place, but I think it's, it's working. I think enough places, it's sort of like when you have an oversaturated market or you have a market shift, you know, like nobody bought recorded music for a while and a lot of things shut down. We don't have cars or anything, so we can't really listen to the radio and we always have our phones with us, so it's just a lot easier and more accessible, so. I mean, like, I think college radio and uh, like is good, but uh, and NPR maybe, things like that, as far as commercial radio, it pretty much sucks. It's all, you know, uh, corporate, clear channel kind of shit. It's kind of... Oh, yeah, say shit, fuck, all of it. Say, say fuck. <laughs> fuck. There, there were too many FM radio stations at some point for the shift to digital and for the shift to streaming, and a lot of them went down. And the ones that are left, I mean, it's just a small enough market that I think they've really, they're working to find their niche. And, uh, I mean, you still have kind of the corporations behind it. You still have the clear channel stations. But even locally, they're trying harder to get a foothold in communities. Um, beyond just like cheesy booths where they're giving out stickers and stuff. I mean, they really are trying to do more events and local music and tap into the community. I think there's no other way to do it. I mean, I don't really listen to any radio. Um, even when I'm in the car, I just don't feel like it's as relevant of a way to get my information these days just because you can't really choose when or what you're hearing. Why would you listen to it? It's yeah. And I mean especially with the kind of music I like, doesn't usually get played on the radio very often. And so things like podcasts, whether it's like news podcasts or music podcasts, is usually what I go for for that. Uh, I still listen to it, so I think it has to have some kind of relevancy still. I mean, as long as it gets the music out for the artists and stuff, I think, and somebody can relate to it. I think it became very irrelevant because when you, you know have so many internet sources why would you listen to you know some corporate local thing and so i think that part of their rebranding has been to say okay well we can't compete with these national entities that can that are they have huge amounts of bandwidth so they have moved to more of a local focus where they're like okay we're going to work with local bands we're going to work with local events because if we can't understand our community and fit into that like we can't compete with national presences unless we have a local foothold so I really do think that that's the key cool what about you um I don't know I just think it's easier off your phone because you can pick what you want to listen to what do you think like do you think that the FM radio still has any relevancy at this point 
Um, not really, especially with things like Spotify and Pandora. That's where I listen to music, and it's really available in like the car, and that's like also why record stores and CD stores aren't as relevant today. But I mean, I'm probably one of the few people who still does listen to radio, so... What do you listen to on the radio? Classic rock. How do you feel about it? Do you still listen to the radio, or where do you think it's going? You know, I do. I do re, uh, listen to the radio a lot, um, but I but I ha mostly have CDs or or digital. I'm like old, so I'm a grandma, so I totally listen to FM radio. Um, well, I know a lot of music on the radio isn't really what I listen to. They play a lot of pop songs, which I don't enjoy as much. So I think like festivals like these are really great for local bands to be able to play and kind of give them a chance to be more recognized. You feel like a lot of the music that you enjoy. You, you get a chance to hear quite a bit on FM radio? Yeah, of course. I've always, you know, we were sitting in the car earlier listening to the uh, radio and some songs would come on and we're like, oh, we haven't heard that for a while. Have you gotten into like streaming yet with Pandora or Spotify or? Yeah, streaming's big, yep. Do you have in your car? Yes. I mean, so I guess my question is, is what is your incentive to still listen to FM radio when you still when you have those services at your disposable with like a bigger variety of music to choose from and no ads? You know, I do like ads because like this event, you know, it's, um, you know, tells us where, where the action's happening and, you know. That so it kind of keeps you in touch with community in the area. Yeah, I think so. More than the music. I mean, along with the music. Do you, do you ever feel like maybe you're getting shortchanged by the lack of variety? Or? 100%. Like when I'm in other people's car, I'm like, what? <laughs> God, I just listen to the music for the music. If it's a good radio station, I'll listen to it. you guys ever get the impression that like when you're listening to your favorite radio stations that you kind of hear the same song over and over, like there's just not a, a big variety of songs? Yeah, I definitely think uh, FM radio could definitely have some variety and more diversity to it. That would be great, yeah, because there is a lot of stuff I like that I can't find on the FM radio. Um, I don't listen to the radio just because I feel like a lot of the music they play on it is kind of like, I don't know, I don't like pop music that much. I like more like stuff that they don't really play on the radio. So The main kind of music I listen to is death metal, so it gets stigmatized anyway. But um, I think that usually like college radio stations uh, will play more eclectical or eclectic musical tastes and kind of cater to that audience. So I think it is represented, you just need to know where to look. Well, like, because I listen to rap, and, like, I listen to a bunch of different stuff, and you don't really get that on the radio, that, like, mix of stuff that I want. And so, like, I probably listen to, like, Spotify more than anything. Uh, where do you, do you listen, streaming, or? Um, I, yeah, or just, you know, like, just listen to whatever I have on my phone at the time, you know. Um, I listen to some podcasts, but as far as radio goes, I listen to a morning talk show. But the music on it absolutely sucks. It's only because I like the two comedians that are on it. You know, I don't like the music. It's, you know, pop crap. And I like pop music. You know, even back in the 90s, there was great pop music, at least. But nowadays, there's none of that on the radio. It's not reflected at all. Other than it being convenient, why would you really listen to the radio, you know? Well, I would listen to it to find, like, more music, I guess. Because it's kind of hard on Spotify because... I mean, it gives you, like, songs that you might like, but it's better if you find your own, I guess. I think definitely DJs, 100%. Yeah, I mean, even the FM channels I listen to, like, I'm attached to those DJs. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm supporting them just by listening to that, so. That's why I come to music festivals with 
my daughter. We do this every year. We, we've been to Vans Warped Tour, and we, go, we try and go to at least one concert in the summer, in August, for her birthday, so that we can hear new music. Welcome to the debut episode of Punk Journalism. My name is Chance, and I'm joined with my friend Nick. And today we're talking about FM radio and its relevance in society, or irrelevance maybe. And the reason that I chose this as our first episode is because of the idea behind punk journalism, we want to question everything, and especially the, the media that, we're, that we're, we have to choose from in our culture. And do we have to settle for that? Is that good enough? Or can we do better? You know, are we being pandered to? And if there's one pet peeve that I have, it's pandering. And, being, and, and when you can see that um, media is pandering to the lowest common denominator, that just really really chaps my ass so fm radio i think is a really good example of that and i chose this to be the first episode for that reason and i really hope i do it justice because it's something that's been on my mind for a really really long time and i was actually a little bit intimidated to talk about this this topic as the first episode because i do want to cover it in in the way that i think it deserves to be covered and i don't want to leave anything out i really want to make sure that I drive home the points that I want to drive home. But like I said, I couldn't think of a better better first episode of something to something to beat up on other than the radio. So at this point, you've probably heard from uh, from people that I've, I spoke to yesterday out on the streets and their perspective. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's something that, the thoughts that I've always had about FM radio is, it's, been something that's been relatively useful for you know several decades up to you know I would say maybe not so much the past 10 years but I mean it it was one of the first media outlets and one of the few for several decades and you know as far as its relevancy it was crucial in starting rock and roll we wouldn't have rock and roll or a lot of the mainstream pop music that we hear nowadays without it um the symbiotic relationship between record labels and and the radio station is 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 pretty interesting. It's got an interesting um, relationship. And you know, starting in the 1950s, this was the go-to place to discover new music because of of Alan Freed and Wolfman Jack and these these disc jockeys that were going out trying to find dangerous music, dangerous music that challenges status quo like Elvis Presley. And and the reason that Elvis Presley was such a draw was because you'd watch him and or you you know, people knew about him that he had this uh, this sex appeal that was just just bad and nasty and he was shaking his fucking hips all over the place and and didn't give a fuck. And that's what the appeal was, was the danger aspect of that. And that it was it was challenging the status quo, and it was flying in everybody's face, and it was making people uncomfortable more than anything. And I think a parallel to that, what you see nowadays, is something like, an example that I always go back to is Five Finger Death Punch. I fucking hate that band. I don't know. Are you familiar with them? I am familiar with them. And the reason that they just, I can't stand them so much is because they have this image, and it's it's a marketing thing, and like you're it's the expert business, on marketing. Yeah. yeah. They have this image that they're dangerous and they're tough and they're badasses and everything, but their music couldn't be more radio friendly. And it's on hard rock stations and heavy metal, heavy metal hard rock stations, but it couldn't be more soft. It couldn't be more radio friendly. And I think that that's an interesting, interesting dynamic. When you had music in the 1950s with Elvis and the 1960s with the Beatles, that was challenging people and it was truly dangerous and it was 
um, it was there was risks to be taken with playing that music as opposed to now where where bands are doing whatever they can to try to be as radio friendly as possible but still disguise they're they're in this like veneer or they uh they have the trappings of something more dangerous when they they really aren't um so i don't know what are your initial thoughts on that like what where do you stand on i th i think yeah when just thinking about radio and I was thinking about this on my, on my drive over here. I was listening to the radio just to kind of, I don't listen to the radio that often. So I wanted to listen to it and kind of figure out what I thought was going on. And in my head, I was like, there really couldn't be anything less punk than radio, than modern radio, in my, in my opinion. Even just looking at like the economics of radio, um, it's a business. You know, yeah, let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves here. It's not about finding new music and things that are going to be really cool and, and trendy no it's a business and they probably do certainly they do a lot of market research mm -hmm. on figuring out what people like or at least what most people like and then that's kind of how they develop some of their playlists i'm sure um, and then there's kind of this ugly relationship between just you know, this market research that they do and they find these playlists and then other radio stations see that this is in the top 40, so we need to play it as well. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like this vicious cycle where nothing new gets to gets to happen and take place. Yeah. Right. And I think it has just created this atmosphere of like whatever the most people in the country can tolerate or the most people in the region can can kind of tolerate is what's going to be played yeah well and that's kind of the the frustrating part about it when a lot of times like i feel that i can i i don't know i feel like i can see things that other people are just completely blind to or oblivious to and that's one of them where obviously this music it's obvious to me it's obvious to you i'm sure this music isn't coming up organically like the the popular music that you not even like pop music in the in the sense you think of like Rihanna 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 Rihanna, Rihanna. Yep. Um, but like just pop music as as far as like any kind of top 40 music this music doesn't come up organically it's not like this was up against every other you know band that put out an album this week and then this this is just what people chose to like so therefore right. it's on the radio and like it's, it's not like this came from like the underground streets of new york or something mm -hmm. like this was like a sound that was produced essentially like in a lab in hollywood yeah i mean well it's <laughs> like you said it's research and yeah it's it's uh they got they have it down to a science i'm sure i remember a couple years ago I, uh, I, I was just, you know, I happened to have the radio on because I was, you know, for whatever reason. And there's a station here in, in Colorado, 93.3, that they play, I think they're, what's their, uh, what would, I think they, they build themselves as modern rock or whatever, mm -hmm. that's what they call themselves. But um, they were playing a, a new single from somebody like, uh, fallout boy or something like that right. and they were they were saying like you know here's the new single from fallout boy the album's not out yet and he's like the way that it the it works with the record labels nowadays is they get the single in the can and you know they release that out on itunes and people can download that and you can hear that on the radio and then the album comes out a month or two later and it's just kind of a weird idea to me even that because it does show that it's almost like the artist's 
and the record labels know that they're producing something to market for the radio station first, and then the the whole album comes out, and it kind of defeats the the concept of a of um, an album being a concept or like the right. album, every song fits into one cohesive whole. You know what I right. mean? Yeah. There's no like Pink Floyd, like Dark Side of the Moon, right. or, like another brick in the wall. Or... Yeah. Um. So and you know and I I go back to a little over a year ago with Eclectica Cafe. I did a, a radio interview with the Reverend Horton Heat. And I talked to him about, you know, how a lot of times I'll be out in public and I'll wear, I'll be wearing like a Reverend Horton Heat t-shirt or Stray Cats t-shirt or Suicidal Tendencies t-shirt. And people will remark on it almost every single time I'm wearing these things. Like people will say, oh, fuck, I love Reverend Horton Heat or Suicidal or, or Stray Cats, or whatever. And I said to him, I'm like, people, you know, I've never, like Stray Cats I hear once in a while. I've never heard Reverend Horton Heat on the radio. I've never heard Suicidal Tendencies on the radio, but there's a draw to these bands like people like them there's interest in them so you know it's it's kind of it makes you wonder like what you know how first of all how is how are these bands getting themselves out publicly enough that people are recognizing them and if they're so well liked that people recognize them just for me wearing a t-shirt around town why don't why don't they get the sort of attention that they ought to deserve that everybody else seems to get, you know? So is this a contribution to why we don't hear diversity of music and artists is because it is so, so fucking expensive to get any kind of radio airplay, at least on a, on a, like a big corporate radio, iHeartMedia station, right. you know, like if you don't get exposure in a radio station like that, what chance do you have? Yeah. It's like, you're pretty much reduced to like college radio, which college radio lots of times is more, kind of favorable to yeah. like indie and um up up and coming artists and stuff like that yeah but like what you were saying is like the cost it takes for these record companies to market to to radio i find that so confusing still and i find the whole that whole area very ethically gray um because there is this this thing called payola. Have you heard about payola? I've heard of it. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. So um, I just learned about payola. So payola, um, <sighs> it's the illegal practice of paying, um, of record companies paying like um, commercial radio to have their songs played. Mm -hmm. So it is officially illegal to do that um, under the FCC. But there's all these like, but you still have this feeling all the time like it's happening. <laughs> like, but it, it might be through different marketing tactics, like promotional appearances and such, um, like at a radio station, for example. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the, the quote-unquote payment to get the, the, the listener frequencies up a little bit. But then there's also this idea that, that started happening a while ago called, I think it's just like third-party payment, where there's an independent promoter. Um, they work you know, freelance or independently of the record company, but the record company pays this independent promoter to then pay the, um, the radio. Yeah, that's so it's like shiesty. Yeah, exactly. But like, I th that's illegal too. I'm pretty sure, but I'm just saying there are all these ways. But it's like a, it's almost like an independent contractor is the exactly. Yeah. To, to almost like 
to 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 split that illegal relationship yeah. that would otherwise exist. Like, right. Just have that middleman instead. So yeah. there's all. What I'm saying is like you know, although these practices may be illegal, they are illegal for a reason, and that's because they were happening at least at some point, which then should make you feel like okay, this is. This isn't something just happens once in a while. This is something that regularly happened. And there probably are still people who are doing this. You know, you almost would have to say, well, obviously, when you hear some of the crap that's on the radio, you're like, seriously, though, how did this make it? Yeah. And why do we hear it 200 times a day? Like, what is going on? Um, Like, I'm sure there are some other, like, ethically gray practices going on to, to promote music yeah and this seems like the radio seems like it has fallen into this trap well it's actually it's interesting that you say that i found this article from the new york times uh that talked about there was a new album coming out of kelly clarkson you remember her from i remember her yeah american idol i think (laughs) yeah yeah. uh it's an article from karen gans i believe uh details the maverick approach clarkson has employed her entire career often using her gut instincts to make key decisions the story began at a recent party at her home in Hendersonville, Tennessee. The bash was put together to promote her new album. Here's how Gons describes it. Miss Clarkson and her husband, Brandon Blackstock, who's also her manager, were introducing the record titled Meaning of Life to the people who could either make it make it a blockbuster or bury it. So who is that influential group of partygoers? More than 200 radio programmers. So, like... It's it almost goes back to what you were saying, where you know she's smoozing two hundred radio programmers who can make or break whether her her single is going to make it on right. the radio or not. Yeah. You know? So like, it does again. It doesn't. It's not an organic relationship at all. It's not. No. When I think of like being excited about new music, it's because this person did something based off their merits that earned themselves the spotlight or earned themselves this attention to get radio play and maybe you know not to discredit her to say she's not a great musician i don't know i don't i've never really even heard her i can't say but um have you heard of um so i think like people started recognizing some of these issues and like the smoozing 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 i don't know how you say that word um and they started trying to figure out like well how are there are there different ways that we can or more organically find new talent and have you heard of the program called On the Verge? Uh-uh. So um, it's like this program that's designed by Clear Channel stations, which Clear Channel owns like the majority of radio Right, so stations. Clear Channel now is iHeartMedia. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, okay. Right. So yeah. Um, so On the Verge then, they have all these different program directors spread throughout the country where they all vote on like an up and coming artist and then that up you know they find like a a track by that up and coming artist and then the artist who wins who gets the most votes um they're like all the different radio stations are required to play that artist like x amount of times in like six weeks or something so for example like do you remember iggy elzalia elzalia the song fancy yeah i love that song yeah yeah so the song fancy was like a product of that um where like these radio stations you know these these program directors voted on that track that track one and then the radio stations throughout the country were required to play that song at least 150 times in i think it was like six weeks or something yeah how do you make the list in the first place, though? So, and here's the issue. So they're acting like this is this organic yeah. process. 
who are the program directors? Like, let's be honest with ourselves. Like, who do you think the program directors are? I think they're probably 45-year-old, like, white men. I don't know. Like, I just don't think there's probably a ton of diversity. I haven't done the research. Maybe there's a ton of diversity in program directing in radio, but something tells me across the country there's not that much diversity. I think you'd probably be right on that. Yeah, so I'm saying, like, it's not like they're they're picking these songs because they're the best songs they're picking these songs because they think that these songs will work best with on the radio with yeah. their demographic yeah. um so even this i guess what i'm trying to say even this idea of like having this organic process to bring new talent on the radio is really flawed unless somehow there's like a different change in in how we do it yeah maybe the public well, gets more well, yeah, and like I was saying, like it makes me wonder, like how they even make that list of, of, of music for programmers to choose from in the first place. Like, it, yeah, and like you said, I mean, it's they're still they're not going to pick anything that's too outside of right. any kind of outlier that's again too dangerous or too risky. They're, they're not going to take any risks. Like, have you ever heard a jazz song on, <laughs> on, on top like, forty or radio? something? No, yeah, yeah right. No, like, not at all. Um, like the the closest I I could come to that was like in the late '90s when swing was a right like made a resurgence, but that was just because they discovered that that could be like a a, a wave that they could ride ride, yeah. ride for a little bit. Um, to that Kelly Clarkson thing again, um, that the uh, the writer of this article she says again. So you have to wonder how the arguments would play with Ke- Kelly Clarkson. That's because the reality is that while streaming services like Pandora and Spotify provide lots of spins on digital gadgets, often helping to expose or even break a new song, radio is the only medium that builds artist brands. So I was going to ask you about that. Like, as a marketing professional, you're you know you really know public relations. Nick's working on his PhD right now at CSU, and that's always been your your emphasis. Niche, yeah. yeah. How would you uh, address the marketing aspect of that? How she says that radio is the only platform that can that can help with branding, or that is the best with 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 artist branding. Yeah, I don't know. That's tricky. I mean, it's certainly not the only avenue. I mean, there are so many <laughs> streaming platforms now that we've already talked about a little bit. Like Spotify, for example, has completely blown up. Um, so I guess I don't understand why the why the radio is necessarily better at branding an artist compared to Spotify. Maybe it's like the public appearance. I was like thinking maybe it's more of like the community aspect. The community you know what aspect. I mean? Like, but the thing is, like, there these these playlists are starting to have that same community aspect too, where people are building, or excuse me, these um, not playlists, these uh, platforms are starting to have their own community aspects where they're building things like playlists. And people share their play, playlists with one each other on social media or just through the platform itself. Mm-hmm. And to me, that seems way more interactive and community focused than anything radio has done in terms of music. With maybe the exception of like, um, you know, you can call in and request a song. Like that's kind of community building. Right. Um, well, and the reason I said community was because like you're the only one listening to your Pandora playlist. You're the only one listening to your Spotify stream or whatever. And when you, you listen to the radio, it's like, you know that you and thousands of other people are listening to the same thing all the time. So that like makes it more or more, there's more of an opportunity for you to appeal 
to somebody with like an image that you want to portray all at once. Sure. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everybody's hearing it all at once instead of instead of just segmented. And I, as far as like branding is concerned, like I feel like um, because you're not exposed to just like the same playlist or the same set list of music that everybody's listening to at the same time, that sort of takes you, it forces you to be in more of an individual mindset where um, you're not going to be more, you're not going to be as apt to follow trends. You know what I mean? You're going right. to, you're going to hear music because it's more of what you would naturally gravitate towards and less because, well, this is a trendy thing that everybody else is listening to on the radio. Right, you know? right. I don't know if that, that makes sense or not, but. Um, I think overall, like, it's, in terms of, like, the branding aspect, I guess I still, I, I would have to do some research on it myself because I'm, I'm not too familiar with, like, how, how branding really can be developed on the radio and, and such. Yeah, it but seems like it would be really just because there's no visual aspect to it. It seems like one thing I was thinking about when I was listening to the radio is like it seems like, you know, they're shooting really broad on the radio. And that's one thing that radio is like if you try to buy ads on the radio, like that's one thing that they always break about is the fact that like we play we, the most variety. We play or or they say we play the most variety, but they always say we have X amount of list, like listenership between like this hour and this hour. Mm -hmm. Like your ad is going to be exposed to like this amount of people and like you can't guarantee that like on a billboard or something like right. that. Yeah. They yeah. always talk about that, but what they don't talk about is the fact that like broad advertising really isn't the most effective form of advertising it's targeted advertising that's the most effective form of advertising so like so niche markets niche markets yeah. so if you're trying to build a brand like just kind of shooting all over the place blowing your layers everywhere it blowing it everywhere yeah like i don't that doesn't seem like a very uh effective approach at least in terms of like getting the most bang for your buck can you can it be effective i'm sure it can be effective but um, is it is there a smarter way to do it? Well, social media has demonstrated that because exactly, they, yeah. You know they, you know, like everybody knows when you're on on Facebook or whatever, like you see ads for things that very creepily are so are, close yeah, to what you're like been I, doing the last hour. There's or a T-shirt that came up on my feed of it's uh, the Golden Girls' faces superimposed on two naked ladies <laughs> and they're hugging. And I'm like, that's fucking creepy that Facebook knows so well what yeah. I'm into <laughs> that they would try to market that to me. Right, yeah. But yeah, no, that makes total sense. And that's why I think like, I, you know, and that's, that goes back to the overarching question that I have over all this is like where it, it, it just seems like it's a matter of time before it's, it's just going to die it's out. It's going to die out, yeah. There's, there's no way for the radio to really uh uh promote to you on a more individual level like that like it's going to be more subgenres, but right. even at that it's going to be casting such a wide net and i would say in terms of branding too that another thing to consider is maybe the radio is good at starting like organic brand building like people like in general like maybe you just need to have some people hear this song and, you know, market research suggests that the people who like this song are the same people who like, um, you know, like Iggy Azalea. Yeah. Um, like, so. That is kind of a guilty pleasure. Man. I really do like that. <laughs> well, I like Coldplay, so it's fine. <laughs> um, so, like, the same people who like Coldplay are probably going to like this song. And, like, you know, a lot of market research went 
behind that 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 evidence. So then they're like, okay, well, nobody knows about this band yet, but we know that this radio station plays Coldplay regularly, and it's, you know, whatever. A lot of people listen to this radio station, so this might be a good starting point to at least get some people recognized with this artist. And then, like, you know, doing some of the more targeting approaches through digital marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I, th- I, f- I find interesting, and I don't know if this happens to you ever on Facebook, but a lot of times I'll be scrolling through my feed and they'll actually be sponsored posts from bands that I've, I've never heard of before. But it's always like, it's always like, if you like X, Y, Z, you're really going to like this band. Mm. And it's, and I get that a lot now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, yeah, they're using just some other band to, to promote yeah. themselves. That's never happened to me on Facebook, but I've definitely discovered a lot of music on Pandora and Spotify that I never would have found otherwise. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We, have talked about alternatives to the radio or like streaming services but not everybody has access to the internet sure you know so there's a lot of people in inner cities and kids and stuff and this is their best way of of staying in touch with with any kind of music or not only music but like you said um, news or information weather that sort of thing traffic but i think the biggest thing honestly is just convenience i think that you know you and i are are unique to a lot of people and that we we have like a really strong appreciation for diverse music or, you know, music that isn't mainstream or just discovering a a wide variety of music. Right. And I think that like a lot of people don't really share that sentiment as deeply as you and I do. And a lot of people are just really content with just turning on the radio and having it on as background noise. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is a large, a large um, section of people. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, driving around in your car and stuff like that's, people just have the radio on. I don't even even know if they're really listening. They just have it on in the background. I've heard people multiple times tell me um, while I was talking to them about music, like, oh, you're you're really into music. I've never really thought of music really as like an art form. Really? So I think like there's definitely, there's people out there who don't really see it as like art. And for me, that's like my main form of like art interest is like music. Yeah. Well, and like, and I, I guess to relate to that, like I, I have never, since I was a small, small child, I've always tried to understand people's interest in sports and especially watching sports on television, Uh, fucking especially listening to like stuff on the radio, like sports talk on the radio. Like I can't, I can, I, it's, I don't get it. So, I mean, I guess to, to sympathize, like that's just something that I will, I don't think I will ever have an appreciation for. And so maybe, you know, people in the same way aren't going to have an appreciation for for what we like in that way but um yeah convenience driving around your car but even with that like all new cars are are now equipped with bluetooth technology where you're going to be able to tap into right spotify pandora and sync up with your phone and just or have xm radio or satellite right right there the touch of a button but one thing i'll say about that though um when you're syncing it up to your phone like i don't have you do you sync with your phone um, I can't do it on this car, but I've been in other cars. Okay. That's... So I sync with my phone and it's, uh, it works sometimes, but like when, if you're going through areas of spotty reception and stuff and, and stuff, mm, then it yeah. really kind of stinks and it actually can get really distracting. Oh, and you can burn up data and stuff. You, you burn you up have... your data, you drain your, your battery. Mm. Um, and really for distracted driving, like scrolling through playlists oh, yeah, and totally. looking for songs and stuff, which I, t- you know, people are doing. Right. 
people right. aren't just texting on their phones. Sometimes they're looking through their phones to find the next song they want to play. Yeah, right. Um, so I think that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah. Well, and that's probably something too that's going to become more, you know, as newer model cars are going to be coming out, it's, it's probably going to be more convenient and right. there's going to be a better way to do it, you know? Yeah. But also baby boomers, most of the people I know that are my parents' age are okay with just turning on the radio and mm -hmm. and and having that because a lot of it too is like classic rock that they're they've always been comfortable with right and, and they they just aren't gonna take the time and energy into figuring out how to operate new technology to stream music and I wonder if like some of that is they are so used to they grew up with other people selecting music for them and it wasn't always necessarily that they liked or disliked the music that was being selected it was just kind of like oh now this is being played and it kind of like is a little bit exciting when you get a song that you like but they never were like in charge of always selecting the next thing at least not to the point that we are today like certainly they could go by a record and you can select a record but i'm just talking about like every day like you jump in your car you're on a bike ride you're walking to school and you have your headphones on and you're constantly selecting the next thing you're always thinking yeah, about right. like yeah. what am i going to play next oh dude i do like, that all the time it's like a little bit like taxing sometimes yeah. and you're not even thinking always about like you're not even fully enjoying the song that you're mm -hmm. listening to yeah you're yeah, like it's like a song will come on that's really good and you'll get pumped up yeah. just like from the intro to the song but then you're like all right i'm ready to move on you yeah. know it's like and I think that that's maybe just our generation too and people younger than us that just can't be content. With, yeah, they just with, like can't be content. And like the thing is like maybe like people, like baby boomers and stuff, like they don't want that burden. They, they don't want to have to sit and think about every single song they want to play. Maybe they just want to find a general genre of music that they kind of like and there's going to be songs that come on that they really like and there's going to be songs that come on that they don't really care yeah. for and maybe that is the trade-off for them we're like i'd rather focus my attention on driving and <laughs> and like or just i don't know my work i don't want to have to constantly be thinking mm. about what song i'm going to play i just it's still at the same time what i always come back to is like i'll hear us if so a long time ago, I worked on an assembly line for uh, Harley Davidson, and the uh, the radio station was always playing. It was a classic rock station, and every time a song came on, I was like, "Fuck, man! Like I feel like I've heard this song, like you know, an hour ago." And it, I'm sure it wasn't an hour ago, but you know that they're only just there. There's at most like a playlist of 200 songs that they're pulling. Yeah. From. Yep. So like when that music really isn't your taste first of all and then not only that but it's like you hear it in rotation it's it becomes like fuck to me it's like fucking torture. it's like maddening yeah. yeah and so like i don't know I, it's still i can't relate to people that are okay with settling for that or just okay right. with hearing the same fucking like like i like tom petty but like how many times can you hear free falling <laughs> you know yeah and a problem with classic rock that i've always had is that it's like i I honestly just don't like classic rock because in general, because I feel like so many of these songs from my childhood have just been like shoved down your throat, you know? Yeah. And I, I've had to force myself to go back and like revisit a lot of these artists and be like, Oh, well, David Bowie is not just fame, right. you know, the song fame, like right. David Bowie has got like a ton of amazing music that, that, isn't on the radio that doesn't get the yeah. mainstream attention or led zeppelin isn't just stairway to heaven you know right like, so um kansas is though just dust in the wind is it kansas is only oh, dust shit. in the wind what about boston 
more than a feeling. I just want to get demographic. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like the thing that I, I think that a lot of this has to do with people settling for it is top 40 music, these classic rock stations, they're, it's very generic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the thing about generic content, like you think of like some generic bland food, you know what I mean? Like everybody can stomach it. Everybody can just like you're gonna bring up the hot dog choke reference. it down. I oh, am. You right now, yeah. Everybody can choke it down, but it's 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 like that's gonna cast a wide net, and it's gonna be popular because it's easy to digest. But that doesn't make it like that great. You know what I mean? Like spicy food is fucking awesome, yeah. but a lot of people don't like spicy food you know what i mean right or like kombucha is fucking awesome but a lot of people don't have the taste for it right um but yeah i'm gonna bring up the hot dog reference like <laughs> i henry rollins i actually heard him make this this analogy he said like a lot of pop music is like a hot dog where a hot dog will fill you up and it might taste good for a little bit but there's no nutritional value to it whatsoever or like the guy behind the glass of Subway, he doesn't give a fuck about making you the best sub sandwich ever. He just wants to do his job, get out of there and wrap it up in plastic. Whereas like you give your time and money and attention to somebody who treats making a sandwich like a fucking art form mm-hmm. and you're going to be treated a lot differently. It's um, that's, that's an old reference to you because I used that a long time ago with the old yep. podcast. But I remember that. Um, I want to also bring up this website that I pulled up. It's also from it's another it's it's another website that is more industry based. Um, and I was looking, you know, I googled ways the radio is relevant or relevancy in the radio, or whatever. And I couldn't really find many articles trying to convince the public in general why the radio is still relevant. And mm-hmm. this one is like trying to convince people that are in the industry or interested in the radio industry why they should still be interested in because it's relevant. And so that's num- always like a, de- that's always a warning sign. Yeah. Like once yeah. you are trying to convince yourself and your fellow, um, like industry, like peers, peers yeah. that you're still relevant. That's usually a warning <laughs> sign that yeah. you're, you're on the, on the, on your you're way on the out. outs. Yeah. 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 It's like the office or something like this is why paper is still relevant. You yeah. guys are not going anywhere. Exactly. So number one, everyone loves music. Yeah. Okay, so frequency is best on air. So he says, psychologists tell us that consumers need to be exposed to an advertising message at least three times before it begins to resonate. When businesses review their advertising budget and take this factor into account, radio is one of the few mediums to choose from that offers an affordable repeat ad plan. So again, this fact isn't beneficial for you or I. This is beneficial to the industry. But also, I I mean, you could so easily argue that. Why is radio one of... They're definitely not one of the only venues for this like what about spotify like you mm. hear ads on spotify all the time yeah, or right. on hulu or on facebook <laughs> like, and it, i'm almost more tolerant of the ads that i hear on those stations yeah. because at least the ads are also have a variety yeah, you know, yeah. or targeted yeah. yeah um they said a uh, number three is smart spending um and this kind of addresses what you were saying i think just now is the costs associated with advertising on the radio have grown less than on other common forms of advertising Newspaper advertising rates continue to climb as circulation for printed newspapers have fallen. Television commercial rates are costly and run the risk of being unseen as more review more viewers record shows on DVR, so they just skip the commercials. So again, this isn't a selling point then, for us. Like, but then they just they just okay, so they cover 
why you shouldn't advertise on TV anymore because everyone just uses like what Netflix and stuff and they cover why everyone shouldn't advertise with newspapers because readership is going down but then they just neglect the fact that everyone's using Spotify and Google Play and Pandora. Mm-hmm. Well, and that just goes <laughs> back to like why would you out of all the convenience that maybe the radio offers, why wouldn't you just skip all that and just go to a streaming station? Like it blows my fucking mind that when I I can click a button on Pandora and I just say, I want music that's like this. Mm-hmm. And it plays a pretty decent, yeah, like some of good. it is like I can throw away, but it plays a pretty decent mix of music that right. I can, that'll get me through the day. And nobody is fucking in and off. There's, there's not like a staff of people that are putting this music together. Right. It's just a fucking bot just that's algorithm. just using algorithms <laughs> to give. How is it still in 2018? There is a floor of people staffed to build these playlists and figure out, okay, based off this music and this playlist that we put together, what ads should we put where? Like, it just blows my mind that that still (laughs) is a job. Like, um, so then they also, they, uh, they say it's, uh, you can segment listeners and target audiences. So this kind of addresses what you were saying about, um, uh, like, niche audiences it says pinpoint advertising on the station or stations that best match your customers interests is like serving them their favorite meal at the time they expect to eat uh and that targeted effort can save you dollars even with these proven reasons the method that you will choose will depend on a number of factors so like who's your target audience and what your budget will allow and i think this actually speaks a lot to who the audience is because the uh, KBPI is like the local hard rock station. I, I use hard rock in quotes because they play some soft ass shit like Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> but uh, like when you listen to KBPI, like every time I've like I, that station is on in the background or whatever, I hear ads for DUI attorneys, and it's like <laughs> I don't want to be associated with this fucking radio station if they yeah. they play ads for DUI attorneys. That's like right. their fucking demographic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so then they say uh, the last uh, reason the radio is still, uh, still relevant is for emotional play. They said uh, um, in a figurative sense, a creative, there's a creative use of sound effect, voices, music, and commentary that paints a mental picture much in the way a great piece of writing can trigger vivid imagery. Um, again, like with your marketing background, like do you see that as really being the case anymore? I don't know. Yes and no. I think I think it is kind of the case, but I think the reason it's kind of the case is because streaming platforms haven't quite figured out how to create this more like showmanship with uh with their platforms, mm-hmm. like radio can where they do have someone speaking to you. Um I mean the jokes are always terrible, but they have someone giving you jokes and you can sit there in your car and make, "Well, that was stupid." But you're still kind of like there's still something there, a little bit more yeah. than just like song after song after song, which is like what you think you want when you're listening to the radio. It's like, I just want song, like just put on another mm-hmm. song. But I think what people also don't admit is that we like the downtime sometimes. It's like, like breaking up the songs? We like, yeah, we like breaking up the songs, just like commercials. Like people, people hate commercials. Everyone hates commercials. But haven't you ever experienced like, the Netflix zombie effect or something. I don't know if that's a real effect. If it's if it is or if it isn't, I should coin that term. But like, <laughs> you just did it here. Yeah, you, you where you just 
you watch Netflix for like three hours and all of a sudden you shake your head and you're like, holy shit, like where have I been? And you're like, well, there was nothing to like break that up for me. I wasn't talking to my partner next to me or anything like that. Like if there was a commercial once in a while, I wouldn't probably pay that close attention to the commercial, but I might turn and start having a conversation with someone. Yeah. yeah. Um, And I think there's something to be said about with, with radio in, in that aspect too, where every time they're not playing music, it gives another opportunity for you to kind of socialize with someone else who might be in the car with you or maybe is at the office or something. So I don't know. I, and I think just that opportunity in itself just creates at least a different atmosphere than streaming. And I'm not saying it's a better atmosphere because I'm definitely more of a streamer than I am of someone who would listen to radio. But I think that atmosphere hasn't been replicated on streaming platforms yet. And But however, I do think it will be replicated. And when it's replicated, it will be far superior than than what the radio mm-hmm. does. Like it won't be replicated through like, you know, hearing more ads, for example. Yeah. Like there'll be something going on that will that will kind of make Break it up that minutiae. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like you were talking about, okay, so I brought up KBPI and we, when we started our conversation, we talked about like how the radio, you would think of it as being a good place to discover new up and coming music. But in fact, the way that it works is a lot of these, these artists are manufactured and the record labor label, like basically whores them out to the radio stations. And it's, right. it's very give and take that way. And uh, for Eclectic Cafe a long time ago, we interviewed a guy that I actually work with who has a, a pretty popular band um, in the Denver-Fort Collins area, and he was talking about his experience. So when we got done playing, the, a van pulled up, and it was a 106.7 van, and I remember like... Which is KBPI. Yeah, KBPI. So I'm th- I throw my drums in the, in the van, and the, and the second album, Ashley Torment and Soul, was, was out for about a year, so I remember tapping on the glass window rolls down I couldn't see inside I go hey man I know you guys like this but I handed the CD and they're like oh yeah they kind of like yeah cool whatever and it's kind of threw them in the trash and then they drove off and I was like man I was kind of bummed well what happened was inside that van was Willie B from 106.7 who is the programming director the programming director for 106.7 and he was like on the way back to the station they're like ah screw it let's listen to the song they opened it up and they threw in the CD and they're like whoa this is amazing so during the 106 the best band in Denver for 106.7 competition on Monday so we played on a Friday, and then on Monday they did a uh, interview. They listened to us, and then so when Eric Romero went down to uh, to the station to do his interview, they're like, "Dude, your album was amazing. Uh, probably the best like non what do they say non non assigned band we've heard in a long time." And that's what they said to us. So like you're you're not signed to any, uh, any label at the time. You guys are amazing. And uh, but they were set, they were telling me pretty much in a nice way. Unless you're assigned to a label that's reputable, we're not gonna. We can't promote you. Right. Because, like I said, they have. It's like a like like a contract that they say, hey, this. You have to go through gates of labels to yeah. get to a certain point. So I talked to Matt about this at another time, and the way that he, you know, kind of explained it a little bit is they're gonna play what's tried and true. They're again, they're not gonna take any risks on somebody that they they have no evidence that when somebody hears it, they're not just going to be like, well, I've never heard this fucking band before. It's not Metallica. I'm going <laughs> to turn the station, you know? Is it Enter Sandman? Yeah, you know. Here. And like, even with that, like there's so much good music that is from Metallica that you'll never ever hear on the right, radio. Yeah. So the radio stations recognize that 
why why would we put ourselves in a position of of putting this local band out there when we don't really know we haven't done the research to know if people are going to like it or not instead of just throwing it out there and seeing how people react to it you know right um no instead they're going to stick again with what's tried and true and that term actually takes me back a long time ago when i was interning at a radio station in like 2006 2007 it was a local radio station it wasn't even corporate it was it was a radio station in this area and um i had this i i emailed the station manager and i had this you know cool idea for a radio st- uh, show where i would play this diversity of music and like i have a pretty broad background of like older music and that's mostly what they play is a lot of older music and so i was like you know like we could play a lot of these like hidden gems that people aren't really familiar with and i think it'd be really exciting and like I told, I just kind of laid out this plan for him and he was just like, nah, we're just going to stick with what's tried and true. And that's exactly right. what his words were in. And I got that, you know, I, at that time, like it, it really showed me that I think that a lot of times like people who get into radio or start these stations, even local stuff like this. Yeah. They're, they're interested in music, but I think what it really comes down to is they're more interested in the, they see it as a money-making um venture of selling advertising and that's what yep. it's a se- it's an advertising selling platform mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a i'm very passionate about music i'm really into music and i'm excited to to share music with people and get a bunch of music out to people that people aren't really familiar with it's this is actually a business where i can make money selling advertising and i'm going to do the tool that i'm going to do that with the mechanism is going to be through music yeah i think in some ways um I just thought of this right now. It kind of reminds me of going shopping at like a mall. Have you ever noticed that every time you walk into a store, if there's music playing, it's always kind of like this really poppy mainstream, like upbeat music. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like, that must be the music where people are kind of just the most willing to kind of like listen to, I don't know, like look at these clothes and maybe make a purchase and, they're um, not going to be distracted by something distracted. they're unfamiliar with. Exactly. So, for example, if you're listening to like the radio and you hear this like really good song, but this song for whatever, it's a really sad song maybe. And uh, maybe people, you know, people don't like feeling sad. Like a lot of people, that's enough for them to be like, well, I don't want to listen to this song right now. It's depressing. Like me, I'm like, this song is real. It's at least telling a story and I'm interested. But a lot of people might say, this song is just too depressing. Like, I don't want to be in a bad mood right now. So they changed the station. The second they did that, they lost, you know, opportunities for advertisement. um, Or the advertisers lost an opportunity Mm -hmm. for someone to buy their product. So I think, like, you know, it's like creating too much emotion. Because I think that's one of the biggest problems with the music that you hear on the radio is like there's just not a lot of emotion, right? It's very flatline. It's very mainstream. Mm-hmm. It's, you're not feeling a lot. Um, and I wonder if it's because people, <laughs> when people feel things, they are more in tune with their emotions and yeah. then less likely to pay attention to the advertisements. Right. Well, and two, uh, you know, something that I thought about also, the thing that I can't understand, that I don't like about so much popular music, again, like classic rock, is a lot of these classic rock songs are not necessarily bad songs, but if you hear anything just fucking your whole life, just yeah. all the time, eventually it's just going to sound like, like, uh, you know, tinnitus, like right. just something, just static in the background. Yeah. It's just, and that's what it almost has become. It's like whenever I hear again, like 
something like I don't know Uptown Girl from yeah. Billy Joel. Like yeah. I don't hear like you know if I ever heard that song for the very first time, I'd probably think that's a cool song. It's a really right, good song. Yeah. But since I was a, a baby, that song has been played over and over and over. So when I hear it now, like I just I might as well just be hearing drone droning yeah. sound in the background so it's maybe it's not necessarily i should correct myself then so it's not it's not necessarily that the music that's played on the radio is void of emotion it's just that we've heard it so many times that it's like the the emotion is muted now and you don't feel yeah. it you don't feel it anymore so it's more just about recognizability and, and kind of it's almost like an anthem or something yeah yeah like an anthem yeah, yeah. but all right well thank you guys very much for uh sticking with us this long if you want to Keep up to date with what I've got going on. Facebook.com slash punk journalism. Twitter.com slash punk journalism. The website is punk-journalism.com. There's not going to be anything up there really at the moment because this is, we're brand spanking new. So stay ahead of the curve and be one of the first to see what, what we got coming up. Thanks. Thanks.